Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I feel like this episode is gonna be a really high energy episode. I invited my friend Jasmine, who in the next clip, you're gonna hear all about who she is and how we know each other. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her bio, but get ready, because this is a good one. I'm so excited about it. So jasminetera.ca is where you'll find more details on her. This is a little bit of her bio. Jasmine now offers wellness workshops slash sessions, video, photography, and creative design and direction. She's a First Nations woman with a Cree and Soto background treaty from Peguis First Nation. She's also part settler with roots on Iceland and Europe. Jasmine works as a bridge builder in communities, at the table, and in her everyday life. She works with love and guidance and has a non-judgmental approach. In a few moments, you'll learn about how we met each other, but Jasmine is a beautiful, unique person, and I'm so happy to have her in my life. I'm so happy to have her on this podcast and enjoy this episode. It's going to be so good. Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag me at jessicadumaso1 and jasminetera.ca for more about how cool she is. Thanks. Okay, so we're just going to jump in. Okay, welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I have Jasmine Tara with me, and she's in the room with me, which I often do the interviews over Zoom. Yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to get really loud. Woo! This is going to be a good talk. <laughs> so Jasmine and I were just trying to figure out how long we've known each other, uh-huh. and we agreed that it's around 10 years ago, and I met her in her mom's yard in a teepee. Yeah. Which <laughs> listeners are probably like, what? And this is in the city. This is in the middle of the city. My mom was known as the teepee lady. Yeah. The teepee's gone now. Is it? Yeah. Is she still at the same place? Yeah, she's still at the same place, but the teepee is gone. But one day they'll bring the teepee back. It was a full moon, and it was a women's, what was the name of the uh, A woman's moon ceremony. Right, and it yeah. was my first one ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Very cool. Yeah, so Very I remember cool. that. Yeah. So we've known each other all that time. We've done lots of things together. We've hung out in doing lots of different things. We've partied. We've done <laughs> lots of fun stuff. Yeah. And then for no reason at all, we just kind of lost touch. Pandemic. Then, Good old pan- yeah, panic. Yeah, pretty much. That yeah. would be the reason. Uh-huh. And then last week... I decided to buy myself some tickets to this Win- Winnipeg Comedy Festival event, Indigo Girl Comedy, and I'm sitting there, and I can't remember if it was the third or fourth or so. Third. But Jasmine comes on the stage. Were you so surprised? Did and you know I was, was going to be row. a part? I, I saw you. I had no idea. I couldn't tell if you You're could, the like, only see. face that I could actually see. I noticed you in really? the front row. And I thought I saw someone else that I knew in the front row, but I didn't. But um, yeah, I saw you. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I know her. I know her. And Can I, I like, wanted to tell everybody. <laughs> And you did such an incredible job. Aw, thank you. And not that I'm surprised that you did an incredible job because, like, you have a great personality. You're very outgoing. You're loud. You don't give a shit. Don't give a fucking shit. Oh, can we swear on podcast? Yes, we can. (laughs) And... But your skit was fucking hilarious. Thank you. I really appreciate that. 
So excited. So, okay. How the hell did you get on that stage? Okay. So, the, you know what? The whole thing, how this all worked out. Okay. So, like, a few months ago, I went to Handsome Daughter, like, in the fall. And there was an open mic. And so, me and my friend, we were already, like, half cut. And we are listening to this open mic. And I was like, I want to do that. You know, but I didn't really feel safe or comfortable in that place, yeah. like to do it. And yeah, so I didn't. And actually, I went outside and I was talking to one of the women who had gone up. And I said to her, like, I really want to try this. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, I have so many funny stories. And I just would need to like learn. To and anyway, so weird thing with that woman is a few months later, I get a contract to work uh, on a festival. She's the person running the festival. And then, so I'm working closely with her and she was, she's a comedian who is like international. Like she travels everywhere and does comedy. Mm -hmm. Anyways, nothing happened I'm just, between her and I, but I was, I was saying to the universe, you know, I want to try this for funsies because mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. So then I get this comedian lady in my life. Nothing goes anywhere with that, but still I'm exposed, it's right? It's prox proximity. Yes. Right? It's just, it's those little signs. It's those little signs, these little things happening. Mm -hmm. And that when the opportunity came up for me to do something cool, that I was just going to do it, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, we, another weird part of this is that my neighbor, um, na uh, their name is Issa. And Issa is part of Girl Comedy. Issa is the one who put together this whole thing mm. they are absolutely amazing so this is actually my neighbor and we didn't know each other mm -hmm. and I'm working for another organization called the National Indigenous Media Art Coalition and so as a part of that we were doing artist profiles I wasn't doing it someone else was and they were naming all the people and when they got to comedian I said who's that who's that and they're like oh it's a kickson so I was like cool let me look them up look them up on Instagram add them start staring I'm like that's my neighbor <laughs> I had no clue Issa was a comedian wow. like and you know what Issa and I lived in the same building like six years ago too yeah which is so bizarre and Issa's husband is actually the cousin of one of my old friends so I don't know how we never ever came together yeah. before this but yeah. I started messaging Issa and just being like hey you want to hang da, da, da. so we started hanging and then she starts telling me about sorry they Issa's pronouns are they and them. So they start telling me about this project that they're working on. And basically was just like, you know, if you're interested, we would love to have you wow. to add me to the roster. Holy they had smokes. already started. I got there late. Holy smoke. So they went for three or four weeks and then I joined. <laughs> so I joined right. And you know what? Uh, it was such a comforting supportive environment but yeah that's how it went down and I was just kind of like pushed into it one and then all of a sudden I'm on a zoom for two hours with all these women that you saw yeah. at the event the other day and yeah I think Issa just really wanted to do something different because the the comedy scene is very white male dominated for sure yeah and those are the only you know kind of comics that make money in the city like so Issa had this great idea to really support, encourage, comfort, and love Indigenous women and non-binary people mm -hmm. um, to try out uh, wow. stand-up comedy in a big way at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. <laughs> I was like, 
good thing I didn't know anything really. Like I yeah. didn't really understand what I was doing until it came <laughs> sure. to like that day or yeah. leading up to that day when I started seeing promotion. And I also wouldn't really <laughs> let them promote me like or tag me in my social media because my social media is private. Like I don't have a public social media. Right. And also I didn't want a bunch of people knowing I was going to be there. I was so scared to like bomb, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. And through those three weeks that we did Zooms, I actually started out with a totally different set. Uh And then I realized that there was too much explanation. I started just watching lots of stand up, taking lots of notes in those Zooms. And then it was actually my boyfriend who encouraged me like a week and a day before the event to change my set completely a week to before what, the event yeah <laughs> and so he let me practice it on him and we recorded it and then I did a dress rehearsal and recorded it and I was like yeah I have to do this one you nice, know nice so I was really happy that it just all effing fell into motherfucking place oh like my god saying yes to the opportunities putting it out yes. there that I wanted to try this you know I love that so you put it out to the universe mm-hmm. and it, you were very general about it this is what I want to do I want to try something like this and then you said yes yep like that's such an important part of mm-hmm. it because when we tell the universe we want all you know this whatever beautiful thing and then we're scared we could easily say no mm-hmm. and then you think you're not getting how am I not getting why am I not getting what I asked for yeah yeah and there was a few times where I was like should I not do this like I'm with like the other women on that stage like our Joe is a playwright Heather is an actress Sherry is a freaking TikTok star Shelby has done comedy before. And then who was last? Oh, yeah. Skinny Cuckoo. So they're all freaking, they're they're, amazing. And they're all like pro. And yes, I do communications for work. And I guess that's what kind of includes me in this group is the fact that I do communications because everyone else is also like a writer or a communicator of some sort outside of this. Right. But yeah, I kind of felt like I was super beginner. And actually, Issa and the other people involved were like, you belong here. Yeah. They said that all the time. You belong here. Nice. It was such, so comforting yeah. to hear those words. That's actually one of my affirmations when I'm going anywhere. And especially like coming back out of the pandemic, I find that I have to rebuild my confidence, right? And because I talk about confidence on social media, people just assume Jessica's so confident, but I'm, I'm a fucking human being, yeah. right? And so I'm still doing that. And I belong here. That's one of my affirmations. So yeah. I like that. I, I know people think I'm really confident too, because I do act like myself. I dress how I want for like a long time now. Mm-hmm. But like, I had the roughest time during the pandemic. And I was in a like this time last year, I was in a shitty, shitty place. Mm-hmm. I just I was on CERB, which is fine. Thank God for CERB. I could actually like pay my bills and do Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. I wasn't really doing much work. I did not have the energy to work. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, what am I doing? And, you know, I thought the pandemic would allow me to like become this better person or something. I know it it just actually, I just survived it basically, you know? And then last summer I was like, F this. I, I let go of some people in my life. I decided to just put my energy in certain places that benefited me. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I went full fledged ahead and like, I've been doing lots of work and then having this opportunity. So Mm -hmm. it's been really cool. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to say much about the skit, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I hope that you will because some of the things that, that I heard was like, it's fucking relatable. Yeah. And (laughs) 
And like when you, when you started just talking about, it was almost like everyday things because first of all, alcohol's involved in the story. Yeah. And I know for a fact, because I was in a meeting with the Winnipeg Chamber and the Canadian Chamber, and the first year of the pandemic was the highest volume of alcohol sales in Canada, including holidays. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That, so that's, we know people were fucking drinking. We were pandemic. drinking. <laughs> We're adding time to our drinking time. Yeah, I, yes. I started day drinking. And that's it was like my new favorite thing <laughs> yeah. now. It's the best. It's yeah. seriously the best. Truth be told, I drank so much during the pandemic. Like it wasn't even like I was drinking like tons and tons. It was more like I was having like a few almost every day. So I'm like sick of it now, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, Me too. I've sort of cut back and very aware of it. And I'm like, what's the point of this? Yes. I'm like, yeah. I'm literally drinking jet fuel. That's what I, you know, it is like, it's so toxic. Yeah. And actually I got freaking, I drank a little bit too much after the event on Saturday because they yeah. took us out for dinner and stuff. And, and it was just, really well, nice. Well, you gotta celebrate that. Yes. You gotta celebrate yes. That. So, so it was relatable. It was funny. It was just a simple story. Mm-hmm. But what you did from my perspective is like you went, <laughs> you just zoomed in on little details and amplifying them. Yeah. And it was fucking funny. That's thanks to my ADHD. <laughs> which Which again is relatable. Exactly. Yeah, totally. No, um, it's funny that taking cans into the vendor is relatable. Like, but uh yeah, no, that's that was also during my dark times, like that when that happened. I was like, how much darker can this fucking get? Um bringing empties to the Sherbrooke, you know? So uh, for the listeners who weren't at the event, if yeah. you want to give them a little kind of the gist of what, of what the story was. Yeah. yeah, it was basically about the one time I collected cans so that I could see how much money I would get or, or how much beer, free beer I could get. <laughs> and just basically about how it impacted my reputation. Like I looked like <laughs> such a freaking drunk. Uh, anyone who came to my house and went into my kitchen saw this huge bag of empty cans. Yeah. <laughs> um, my daughter's dad for the first time during the pandemic was like, what is going on? You know, he was really like, why do you have these in your kitchen? <laughs> and I seriously did tell him it's a social experiment. Like, fuck off. You know, <laughs> I am trying to see how much money I could get. Cause before I just put all my cans in the recycling and make sure that other people can grab them. Cause it's a big biz in West Broadway you know yeah um so yeah and then basically just that I brought these cans in and I was very sure of myself that I was gonna get an eight pack for free (laughs) and I literally walked away with one king can and the change so it was like so embarrassing and like I didn't even want to go back and buy an eight pack after because I was like I'm just drinking my one beer that's it for me. I quit drinking. <laughs> Literally 30 days of collecting cans, like an hour to two hours of like putting them all together, getting over there, <laughs> counting them. And then to make $9.30. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I am never doing this again. And yeah. I haven't since then. And yeah. I will never do it again. I have never worked so hard for so little, <laughs> like ever. And And the set, like the way you had it set up, the way you slowed down, amplified the punchlines, like you did it so well Aww, that I was like, she's a natural, like you could have your own show. Oh, like you, you, thank you. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, 
blown away. And that's Aww. why I messaged you. I was like, wow, that was fucking good. That's so, you know what? I've, uh, I do have a YouTube link, a private YouTube link. Cause my sister did record it. Oh, I'd be nice, willing to share nice. it if you like, and anyone who has the link can watch it. Okay. But I have shared it with a few friends who asked about it. Cause after it happened, like I ended up posting that I did it yesterday or the day before, like after it happened, yeah, yeah. like, Hey, people I find. So a few friends, a lot of friends actually messaged me and they were like, what? And so I sent them the video and like the nice. feedback I got from the video, the feedback I got from, I was honestly shocked that people were so like in tune with it, that they felt what I was talking about. Even my mom who hasn't touched a lick of alcohol for 32 years was laughing the loudest in that room. Yes. Like my mom, I didn't think my mom mom, at the show. Yeah. My mom was there. Okay. Okay. My mom and sister came and my boyfriend. So I allowed the three of them to come. (laughs) That's it. But I ended up knowing so many people there anyways, because native Winnipeg is small. I bumped into a lot of people that I knew. Totally. Yeah, that was awesome. So um, like, I think when I say relatable, especially in the indigenous community, at some point in our lives, we've taken, we've taken in empties, right? So that's, and then doing it as an adult, like, my weakness is wine. So yeah. like in underneath my sink and sometimes flowing out of my sink and flowing around <laughs> my garbage, like there's wine bottles all over the place all the time. So that, so when you talked about people walking in and seeing the beer bottles, I'm like, yeah, like that. I totally get <laughs> like, yeah, that your reputation's just like tanking. And then my kids like buying me alcohol, like for Mother's Day. So I got a little, like it's a vodka mix thing. And as soon as I got that, yep. I was just like, oh my God, this is my reputation now. And then like <laughs> friends will text me and like my crush will text me and make jokes about wine. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is my reputation. <laughs> I've done this to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. How did you pick that scenario that that was the one? Cause I was trying to think of that. I was like, how did she come up with that? I, my boyfriend is, was honestly such a good help. And so I had a totally different skit planned out. I was actually going to talk about turning 40 and kind of all this stuff that I've gone through in the last few months and another story. Oh yeah. And then I had this other story where I had these, these two women that I know and I mistook, mistook them for each other, the Heathers they were called. But the more I told those two stories, like to Darren, to people on zoom, like the more I realized that I had to explain so much. Right. Mm. So Darren was like, okay, let's cycle through him. And I are just always laughing. Right. Like, and he's a joker. He's from garden Hill and he just is joking and laughing all the time. Right. And so he's like, Hey, let's go through your stories. And you know what? He's the one who was like, let's work on that, uh, vendor story because the first night we hung out in 2020, yeah, 2020 in the end of the year there, I told him that story. Yeah. And he was like leaning over, coughing, laughing. Really? Oh yes. My God. And he was just like, he was imagining driving by me in the alley and being like, Oh, Jasmine's. Not doing too great these days. He's like, 
I would have given you a five for sure. <laughs> I was like, I needed it. Like I needed $5. And I was so worried. I like, this is right by where I live. So like, I was like, oh my God, people are going to see me in the parking lot. Like, yeah. try, and it, you know, no yeah. shame in doing cans, yeah. but at the Sherby, they shame you for it. Yeah. Like you're treated like garbage there if you bring <laughs> cans in. You got to like, oh, it's so, it was so crazy. So yeah, it was Darren who kind of was like, this story is a lot easier to explain and it just involves uh, you, okay. you know, and he loves stand up. So I love stand up too. I love comedy. Yeah, me yeah. too. I love it too. And that, and I know it's hard and that's why I was so scared. Like I actually prepared myself to bomb. And how and, did you prepare yourself to bomb? What does that mean? Well, I, you know, my mom didn't really like this, that I was doing this, but <laughs> I, to myself said to myself, like, it's okay if I fail. Cause all I wanted to do was try this. Mm. I'm 40. Failing is part of the whole thing. I know by now. So I just told myself I, I, and I believed it. If I fail at this, if I bomb, it's okay. Cause at least I tried it. And at least I tried it in this environment that was so good to me, you know? Yeah. It was such a great experience. So it was honestly just a bonus to not bomb, you know? Wow. That is so powerful. I want to dig into that for a second. So, so that's surrendering. Yeah. That's surrendering saying, you know, God creator universe, whatever you will mm-hmm. do with this will be. Um, but I'm going to try it because yeah. I want to. Yeah. No expectations. Yeah. No expectations. Like oh my God, I didn't think about so what I would get out of this, what would come out of it. I just focused on like having the best time that I could and doing the best that I could. Wow. And that included the practicing and the recording myself and the writing notes. Um, and actually, remember how I threw the note cards? Oh my God, that was so <laughs> awesome. So where did that come from? Literally, I decided, I, cause I was like, I'm not gonna hold these note cards. I only had note cards for half of it just to get me going. Yeah. And so I had decided, I did not think people would think that was funny. <laughs> it was like, good. And the video, it was enough- just crack up laughing when I tossed <laughs> these things, you know? It was another, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm kind of fuck. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> like no yeah that girl does not give a shit no except for that i picked them up after what a nerd <laughs> what a fucking nerd that's okay because but... i was because my head like i i love events and mm-hmm. i love you know watching all kinds of speakers and just everything to do with events so i was like very aware of that and i was wondering what's gonna happen with those cards yeah but it was <laughs> i picked up half of them yeah i know <laughs> That so, was, yeah, that was funny. So being disconnected from the outcome. Yeah. Like that's something that I talk about. Mm-hmm. And I love that that was just a thing for you. You're just mm-hmm. like, I'm, if I fail, that's okay. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I had to be okay with it because I had never done it. Yeah. I, it was, it was a bigger chance that I would suck than I would do well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just had to come to terms with that reality and I'm okay with that. You know, hobbies and things that you like to do, you shouldn't have to be the best at them. Right. Why can't we just enjoy things? Like capitalism has really made us believe that we have to freaking monetize everything yeah. and be the best at everything. Sing if you have an ugly voice. Right. You know, uh, make jokes if you make shitty jokes, if that's what you like doing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where that comes from. So do you have other stories that are like, you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to write about this. Yeah. I have a story that I really want to work on and I, it is about abortion and I feel like it is timely 
uh, because of what's going on in the States mm. and everything like that. And like, I really want to bring like a social aspect to my, to my, um, an activism aspect to mm. anything that I do. Anything I do, there is an activism aspect of, you know, defending women, defending indigenous people, the earth. Like I want to make fun of all the capitalists. I want to make fun of the oil industry. I want to put down people trying to regulate our bodies like it's just disgusting so I have a really good abortion story <laughs> but one thing I learned in my zooms preparing for this was that if you're going to talk about a sensitive subject like abortion which it is sensitive mm -hmm. you have to get the audience to trust you first and and that you could take a few minutes to get that work that trust mm -hmm. up and then you go into mm -hmm. your jokes yeah you know I'll share this with you in the podcast it's not a big secret in December, I turned 40. Two days later, I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then I had decided to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And that was right around the time that they uh, did the six-week thing in Texas. I was so emotional. I was like crying every day. What's the six-week thing? Where you can't get an abortion past six weeks in Texas. Okay. And so I was just like, how, how am I living in this time? Like it's 2021, the end of 2021. There are women who can't get abortions in Turtle Island. Like, what the hell? That's that's healthcare, right? Because you find out you're pregnant at so many weeks, mm -hmm. and you have to make a quick decision. Mm -hmm. And so, if that time is shortened, then it's it's even yeah. more stress on the decision maker. Exactly. And actually, you know what I heard about the Texas thing is that their abortions didn't go down. Their abortions stayed the same because people who had never considered having an abortion before were suddenly having abortions because they didn't have the choice anymore. So they were doing it before the six weeks, knowing that they couldn't change their mind after. Oh. This is what I saw on TikTok, of course. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So then I actually, <laughs> I had the last abortion of 2021. Like wow. they put out the lights after I left. The oh doctors were all like, happy new year. <laughs> I, it was, it was crazy. So December 31st, I had the last abortion. And you know, wow. I'll tell you right now, it, that was my first one I ever had in my life. Yeah. And it was rough. It is rough. It is a very safe medical procedure. The people at the women's hospital were absolutely amazing, but it is a two day process. And then after that, I thank God wasn't pregnant anymore. I, you know, not, not that I have to give a reason for why I wanted an abortion, but I did almost die in childbirth with my daughter 13 years ago. Well, 14, 15 years ago now. So I would be a very high risk pregnancy at 40. And I even went to go see my doctor first to see like, am I considered high risk? And she's like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, it wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I have my one child and I'm happy to have her. And then I got COVID. Mm -hmm. And then I got cancer cells on my cervix. Mm. So like this is all within like a six or seven week time frame. 40, pregnant, abortion, <laughs> COVID, cancer cells. Holy shit. I was like, what am I supposed to be fucking learning? Holy shit. Ooh. But I did learn so much, you know, and a big lesson that I learned is like, do what you say you want to do. Just try it. Who cares? Yeah. Like, give her a go, especially if you're lucky enough to have an opportunity mm -hmm. come by that mm -hmm. would help you attain that, you know? Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
So you just turned 40. You don't have to include the abortion stuff if you don't want to. No, I'm, if you, if you're good with it, I'm good with it. I am. I I want to share about that and and see, I have to find a way to make that funny. And there's one joke that I have about it. Okay. And it's that, you know, like I'm walking past pro-lifers at the women's hospital and they're like, don't kill God's child. And I was like, actually, I'm giving God a hundred percent custody. <laughs> that is pretty good. You know, but working on that somehow, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I'm giving God full custody. This is God's child. Yeah. You are correct. You know, yeah. um, it is dark, but like, I am so fucking sick of even women's bodies being talked about in a political way. Yeah. I want us to take our power back. In that mm-hmm. way, uh, we should all have the right to an abortion at any time in our lives for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think it's great that you're talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that's really funny is that it was the last abortion of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, you could put something around that. And yep. the fact that they were turning out the lights and yeah. saying, Happy New Year. Yeah. Like, that's funny. <laughs> and I was, like, sweating and dying in the chair. I was like, ugh. I, my recovery took way longer than other people. Like, oh. they they pump you up with drugs during it. So it's like, I couldn't even walk straight after. I have a very weak body to certain drugs. And, like, anyways, so it was crazy. But, um... Is something that I want to bring into it in the future, but I'm glad I didn't this time because I don't have it worked out enough right. to make it full, yeah. like a full story um, and and skit. Yeah. So you're going to do it again? Yeah. I mean, if the opportunity comes up, I don't really know like how to even move forward on doing anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it was lots of fun. So if someone asks me in the future to do something again, I will totally do it. Yeah. And maybe I'll come up with new material. Or maybe I'll do the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. It depends who the audience was. If it was Native people again. I don't know if... Yeah, everyone can relate to the cans and the bottles, right? Yeah. 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 So... It's, it's one of those... It's like talking about, like, click or fried bologna. <laughs> and that everyone day drank during the pandemic, right? That, that's, that's universal. Yeah. We all yeah. day drank. Oh, my God. So, I love comedy. And there has been times where I've thought to myself, I'd love to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I'm not really interested in moving forward with that. Although, I like to be funny. I don't know that I'm always funny. I don't know. Anyway, I like to laugh. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your first experience with comedy? Where did this idea come from that you wanted to do this? Well, I, t- I took acting as a kid. Like, my whole oh. childhood, I was in acting. I kind of thought I would be an actress, actually, and then I just didn't do that, which is fine. I don't want to do that, but I really loved acting. I was a very silly child. Like, one of my costumes one year was, like, a mixture of cl- a clown and Urkel. Oh, funny. Like, yeah. what? And <laughs> I didn't do blackface, though. Don't worry. That would, I even knew as a grade four kid not to do blackface. <laughs> Fuck. People who do blackface are so stupid. Yeah, they're on another level. So much. Um, stupid. Yeah. So also, I get really hyper when I tell my stories. Yeah. And if I can, like, I'll vibe with whoever I'm telling the story to. And I will literally always add in, like, facial expressions or yelling or whatever and so I just kind of thought I can transition that to the stage and and so I did I I did it and I tried and yeah I just kind of I acted like I was just telling my friends the story you know and that is exactly how I would tell them yeah maybe not like the beginning part because you actually we had to learn how to I couldn't just slide into the story yeah you had I had to start with explaining 
you know, Setting I'm not a broke bitch, right? Yeah. Like, I wanted people to know <laughs> I'm not desperate for money here. That was good, too. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, you just, I had to slowly get to that. It's not slowly. Um, you have to build it up. You can't just start, right? Yeah. So it really helped to get all that training with Isan and DigiGirl. And there's a few other people involved in that, too. A woman named Raina and another person named Debbie Corshane from BC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all just so supportive and so amazing. And they're the ones who gave the advice and made sure that we were okay. And yeah, so I just, to have people around you that like believe in you, it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very helpful. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Like it sounds like such a great experience. Who are some of your favorite comedians that you like to watch? Someone who inspired the fucking hell out of me a couple years ago, I don't know, um, was Flo Spence. Have you ever mm. seen her? No, she Oh, local? she's funny. I don't know if she's from Manitoba or not, but she was a part of that native comedy show a few years ago at the uh, Western Cultural Center mm. with the host and main comedian, Paul. Oh, I don't want to butcher R- his Rebastus? last name. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and he actually, Skinny Cuckoo's on, on one of his oh. uh, shows too, or an oh, episode or something. she's fucking good too. She is so oh good. God. She is so sweet. And you know, that's her granny's real wig and her, her oh. and real cardigan. Oh, I noticed those things. I yes. like that cardigan, like totally, totally cute. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, yeah, working with her was really nice. Her and I actually did an interview on CBC together. I don't think it's aired yet. Okay. And it's going to be about Indigenous joy. Yeah. And it was so nice to just have wow. this Indigenous joy type it was different than any other interview I've done. Like they had us sitting in a circle and just conversing amongst yeah. us, like me, Skinny Cuckoo, and Issa. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that'll air soon. Nice. I'm not sure when. Yeah. I love that. Like you intentionally have conversations about humor and joy and you're going to feel good. Yeah. Right. So let's talk more about that. Right. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and that in the native community, teasing is a sign of like like liking someone or enjoying their company, right? Yeah. If you're not getting teased by your native friends, they're they're not your friends. <laughs> like they're not. They don't like you. You know. Yes. So, so I just That's yeah, we one. find the joy in as much as we can. You know. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm so happy. I was so happy to see you on that stage. You didn't bomb at all. Like, that is not even a thing. And, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see your face in the front row. And I thought, I wondered, did she know that I was going to be up here or not? Because I didn't even... Also, I kind of just want to go by Jasmine. Like, I don't care if you use my last name on this today. But I like, like... I want to just go by Jasmine because I don't really feel connected to my last name right now. And so I'm just doing that. And like, I do communications for other people. I promote other people. That is my specialty. Promoting myself feels freaking weird. Mm -hmm. Like very, very weird. Yeah. I'm so much more comfortable promoting others. It's so interesting. And it's funny that we touch base on that as, as we're kind of wrapping up because that's something that I like to coach women on is like we're worthy of being heard we're worthy of giving ourselves that attention and you know that's sort of like the talk but we don't all start there like it's it's hard to get there and it is it's easier like when I started speaking up for myself as a woman as a person it was because of my son when my son was born that's Mm -hmm. when I decided I need to speak up for him yeah but I wish that I would have been able to speak up for me Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm 
No, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. Yeah, things changed for me having a daughter too, almost 15 years or 14 years ago now. Yeah, just that like I'm bringing and that's another reason like what we were talking about earlier, like women's rights and stuff. Like I have a young woman in my home. Yes. But yeah, birthing her was like birthing this other part of me that was, I was always a go-getter, but I became like way more of a go-getter. And now my definition of go-getting is so different because like I said in my skit, like I am anti-capitalist, but I still have to exist within a capitalist society, you know? So I just really try to do things as differently as possible. And like, as I make more money, I give my money away differently, I do things differently with my money, like that whole vote with your dollar kind of situation. Yeah, so I would really love to keep spreading the anti-capitalist messages too. Because we are sur- we are fucking drowning in this shit. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to hear what you'll come up with it. Yeah, I will come up with something good for that. Because honestly, it's dystopian at this point. Like I, I read don't even art- know what that means. Oh, like <laughs> dystopian is like a, it's like a, I don't even, I couldn't tell you the description, but okay. we'll look it up after. Okay. It's like apocalyptic, like, but mm. okay. Like, so dystopian, it's dystopian because um the other day I read an article. Oh my God, it made me so mad. Mm. Suncor Energy, which basically should just be called Canada. Like Suncor Energy is the, I'm pretty sure the hugest energy company in Canada. And I hate them so much. They just reported like seven times the profit. Mm. Seven times. Wow. Like for the year. For a quarter. For a quarter year. Wow. And I was reading this article the other day and I'm like, why isn't this article, it's from the Globe and Mail, written on a slant of this is disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah. what world are we living in? Yes. There are so many. The Maple is an amazing uh, resource for reading really good articles exposing and The Guardian, which has been around forever. But yeah, I'm really not impressed with the with uh, journalists who don't bring out that other side of what these energy companies are actually doing to Canada. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Congratulations on your debut because it was fabulous. And I'm so happy I got to be there. That was so cool. It was really nice to see a friendly face in the front row. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01. Because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.